Welcome to the Power Platform podcast. Today we are doing it a little bit different. We have about 115 people. Well, it'll feel like 115 people because a lot of them talk so much. So Yeah, me and Mark are totally outnumbered on this one, which is quite a good thing. It's an interesting one. I don't know if we'll get to rule the roost of this conversation. We will probably just sit back and uh, let the, the battle of marketing commence. Yeah, so we're going to do a little bit. It's not a competitive battle. There's no winners, there's no losers. We're just giving people lots of nice ideas on how we can use Dynamics Marketing and how we can use Click Dimensions. Yep. So we kind of put out on Twitter last week, the week before, just a couple of scenarios that people wanted to get answered and find out how they would be done in each platform. So we have three people on... It's weird, actually. It's a video that we're doing at the moment, and we're not used to that, so... Yeah, we've got, there's three people join us, so we'll introduce them one at a time. So talking a little bit about Click Dimensions, because that's her bag, is Emma Darcy. Everyone should recognise her voice. So Emma, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about you? Yeah, I mean, I know, lads. I was just kidding. I'm Emma Darcy, tattooed CRM girl, um, pre-sales consultant at Click Dimensions. I know some things about some marketing things, and so I'm going to say some things today. Cool. And then oh. next we would, ha- and let's introduce uh, Deliana or Didi. I don't actually know how to say your surname, Deliana. So you can go with that one as well when you do the whole introduction for yourself, right? Yeah, join the club. You're not the only <laughs> one who doesn't. Uh, so Deliana Rodova. Everybody calls me Didi. No, they don't. Um, no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> well, they should. <laughs> I tried, but then still went back to Deliana. So anyway. Whatever, whatever is easier. Customer engagement consultant with Incremental Group, and I've been doing stuff with Dynamics 365 marketing. So that's what I'll be talking about today. And we have somebody who's used both platforms and is going to be like a referee, a judge. I don't know what we'll call her. Well, we'll call her Malin. Yeah, actually, (laughs) let's go with our full name, right? (laughs) Or our name, Malin. Alan Martinez. Martinez. Do you want to tell everyone about you? Yes. So I'm. Uh, I have a marketing background. So I have an education in marketing, and that was what I was supposed to do before uh, consulting life and the rest of dynamics came and ate me up. So I've been doing CRM and click dimensions since 2014, uh, and I'm mostly known for HR, but um, I still do a lot of dynamics and click dimensions and marketing so i'm just about to start a blog series that's quite big on the differences on click dimensions and marketing cool well, we can come back to your own blog in a bit later right that's not what this is about calm down <laughs> it's always good for marketing nah, exactly <laughs> this is I, I definitely marketing. that marketing background shown off right there isn't it getting right in with it about the blog and stuff so that's cool we can talk about that as well obviously going on but uh, from, as Mark says, we've got the kind of questions from Twitter and we've got five topics we're looking to cover off today. Uh, first one being probably campaign automation. Yep, so do we want to get into that or do we want to just have a chat first for five minutes? No, no, let's let's get them angry at each other and shouting and bawling at each other and then try and talk them off the ledge at the end. So we'll start, Emma, just a little bit about ClickD, how we can yeah. do... Um, some campaign automation or journey and oh by the way i mean you should be able to see this i don't know if you can 
I am wearing my I saw socks on right Twitter. now. I saw on Twitter, good man, marketing will be delighted with that. Um, yeah, campaign automation is basically the bread and butter of the Click Dimensions platform. We've been doing this for 10 years now. And so our platform is super easy, easy to use, very user friendly. It's the platform that gets the most love from our development team. So when customers have um, feature requests they want to add, that's usually the platform that gets the most attention. So from a usability perspective, I feel like it's very flexible. I haven't come across a situation that I couldn't really resolve using campaign automation. And yeah, uh, it's, it's great. You should use it. <laughs> uh, is that what we're going for? So what, what are the decent features in it? What's, what's cool about features. it? Um, everything. So I, I use campaign automation for my regular day-to-day -day stuff, like any event management stuff I use it for. Um, drip marketing, it's very popularly used for. So the cool thing about it, it has multiple entry points or triggers, such as, you know, if you add a contact to a marketing list, you can kick off an automation that might send them an email, check and see if they open the email. If they open the email, notify their record owner and kind of create tasks and full lead gen man management as well. Um, it also now has some super cool new functionality, like if a field changes on a contact or lead record, you can also kick off an automation. So kind of similar to Flow in that regards, in, or sorry, Power Automate, sorry, God, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar in that regard. So if you change like a, a field on a contact record from you know prospect to customer or something, it can kick off an automation that can do a whole range of things like sending emails, sending SMS messages, checking to see if a different field has changed. Honestly, the, the possibilities are pretty, pretty limitless. I can't hear you, Mark. Sorry, I can't hear myself. That's uh, getting edited. Um, <laughs> so, is it an easy drag and drop interface? How how easy is it to use? Because that's the one Super thing. Super simple. Hell yeah. Um, so we have taken some notes from some clients. It is drag and drop interface and connecting the dots. It's very intuitive to use. But one of the things we introduced recently that I am all about is the new templates. So if you are doing a subscription management campaign automation that basically says somebody opts in to receive this email, put them on this marketing list, that kind of thing, we have a full template that you can use now so you no longer have to create start from scratch because we all know a blank page is sometimes the scariest thing in the world to deal with. So we've taken the um, the decision to allow people to use templates, but also create their own templates too. So if you create an automation that you use in multiple locations, um, you can now just easily pull that down from your cloud templates, also not in dynamic storage, it's actually in our cloud. So you can pull that down from uh, the cloud and rejig it whatever way you need to. So from that perspective, it's great. Uh, there are a bunch of different statistics as well. So when you run somebody through an automation, you can see that individual's timelines. You can see exactly what status they're at in the automation. And you also get full statistic reports as well, which is pretty cool. Awesome. And, and it is a lot better than the old campaign or nurturing. What was it called? And yeah, nurtures. Yep. Yeah, because <clears throat> I, I uh, was on a client uh, doing uh, a whole marketing project just about the time one week we had the nurture stream and then the next week when we came back to do training the campaign automation was suddenly there so it was uh, <clears throat> interesting but it, it is I, I love it it's so simple to use and it just works I'm yep. partial remember 
<laughs> well, she might she might give the same comments after Deliana mentioned hers. Hers yet. <laughs> so, Deliana, what about dynamics marketing? How cool is that for campaign automation or journeys as it's known? Yeah. So in mark in dynamics three six five marketing, we call them customer journeys, but I'll try to use both interchangeably. Um. Yes, it is cool, but I think the more important thing is that it's really functional. Um, so, for example, we have, I can't remember, between 10 and 20 different templates um, that you can use to start with if you're not really sure how to build your customer journeys, which usually quite helps marketing people because sometimes when we give them training, they don't really know what they want their campaign to look like. So having templates we have seen works quite well. Um, Mark, we ha you have that distracting phase, that disapproval. You're not objective. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> templates, we have templates. Um, then another thing that we have found to be quite useful <clears throat> is the dynamic segments that you can have as an entry point. So at the moment, you can have a few different entry points. You can start with a dynamic segment. So when people join or satisfy the criteria for that segment, only then they join the journey. Or you can start off with a marketing list, which is more static. Um, or another entry point you could have is a marketing form, which is quite handy as well, because it means you can get people to sign up for something and then they automatically join uh, that journey as well. Uh, so this is from an entry point of view, then after you have started building your campaign, I think one of the most powerful things would be the triggers. So we have quite a few different triggers. So you can send different people or customers on different branches of the journey, depending on what they do. And that could be both behavior, so things they have done, or it could also be things, information we have stored against them. So that's quite handy. Uh, from an insight point of view, we have quite strong analytics, I would say. We have that insights tab, which I think is kind of similar to what Emma was saying. It's a timeline and you can see who went um, on your journey, what did they do to go in on the journey, and just some numbers and stats of how many emails got delivered as part of that journey, uh, if you're sending any emails, and just stats really. And on this, <clears throat> Another quite useful feature is we have return on investment that you can also calculate. So if you are, um, what you can do as part of your campaign is you can create leads when people go through the journey and show some sort of interest. And then that journey or that campaign gets recorded against the lead, which means after that you can see what return on investment your campaign generated. Um, so from just financial point of view, that's uh, that's quite um, <clears throat> quite handy. Um, suppression segments, another good feature. We have seen that quite useful in scenarios when, so for example, we were sending, we were having a customer journey um, to get feedback for bookings uh, and journeys uh, you have been on. But if you do that for work and you do that twice a day, you don't want to have that email or that survey sent twice a day. So then you join a suppression segment. So that was quite handy as well. And probably 
I'll pick two more because I think I can do that forever. But let's I'll pick two more. Yeah, so sorry, two more. Um, so because we cannot not mention that one because that's something that came about uh, well today actually because it's on the far it's part of a wave one 2020. So we have had early visibility for a few months now. Um, but it's to do with the way you can configure an expiration date for your emails. So this is quite handy if, for example, you are using customer journey for your event campaign. So when you invite people and if they join after, if they join later, or for example, if you want to send them a reminder to say you have 10 days uh, until your before your event and they join only eight days beforehand, you can set an expiration day for your email so that they don't get emails that are not relevant to their journey. And last one, promise. Oh no! Oh, oh, two more. Can I do two more? You so, can do one more, and we're actually going to change the rules or create rules. You only now have five minutes <laughs> for each topic. How about that? Yeah, you can filibuster the whole thing and just actually own the whole podcast, right? All right. Okay. Um, oh, so one more. You, if you guys knew who you were bringing along, so you should have <laughs> the rules before we started. Yeah, this. I feel like it's a bit <laughs> you know, rules, rules are important. Come on, guys. Okay, so my last favorite one is artificial intelligence and content settings. Um, <laughs> so artificial intelligence, we can use as part of a customer journey with things like the smart scheduler. So I think that's quite cool. What that does is it uses all of the data you have uh, for when your customer He's opened emails previously and then keeps them for as long as it needs to and sends them the next email that you're sending them uh, at the best time for them. So that's quite handy when you automate your campaigns uh, on a bigger scale. And as per the new rules, I can't tell you anything about the content settings. So guys, check the documentation. There are cool things about uh, content settings as well. So on wow. the AI stuff, sending at the best time for them, that's obviously like picking the time of the day, not early in the morning, not late afternoon or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, so that's if, for example, the best engagement on that email. And all of your emails we have sent you at nine o'clock on the Monday morning, then for the smart scheduler, I can say when Ian gets to, to, to receive that email, keep him here for a maximum of two days. So it will keep you maximum two days on that tile, but it will only send you the email at the optimal time for you personally. And if I open my emails at five, it will send mine at five and you're at nine in the morning. Okay, cool. That's pretty so that's, smart. Actually. Yeah, it is help with engagement. Get quite best engagement, yeah. Cool. That, that is, that, I think that is one of the best features because it, it just sets it to each person so you can specify it or it, it does it so automatically. You don't have to go in and say, okay, I want every email to be sent out at eight o'clock on a Wednesday. Because yes, exactly. Rules. It's not doing that one static time of, of other yep. campaigns, but it will say, right, I'm going to send this out at 12.05 on a certain day because that's when I yep. want to send it. It's actually basing it on individuals. That's awesome. That's actually really clever. Yeah. Yep. Smart. I don't know why you're surprised, Ian. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. I'm just trying to highlight a slight benefit. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the very cool features. Okay, so we'll start with. Oh God, we're going to start with you, Deliana, this time. Emma, I mean, do you want to come back in about twenty-five minutes? You can go and grab your breakfast if you want. Actually, do you want to go get a cup of tea, Grant? Yeah, go and grab a cup of tea. 
Um, so we're going to talk about email building. So using the email template builder or using the HTML editor, drag and drop, whatever, whatever it is. Do you want to just give an overview on that, how easy it is to use, if it's easy to use. Now, you can say some things are good. You can say some things are shit if they're shit. It's um, we, we're trying to give everyone a, a holistic overview of some nice platforms, the good, the bad and the ugly. Holistic overview is absolutely fine. Swearing words, probably not as fine. So I'm sure I can phrase it in a better way than something. That's fine. You deliver it in your own way, in your own style. Just make it not never ending story. <laughs> <laughs> the never ending story. Yeah, we don't need a tray you coming in here and like that. It's fine. Just <laughs> Sorry. Bring in the white dragon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so email editor. This is probably one of the areas when we have seen most plot development recently, because when it started off, it wasn't probably as good as people will have expected it to have been at that point. And I think this caused quite a bit of turbulence purely because people were used to a completely different way of designing emails and um, so some people did feel a bit disappointed which is a shame because I feel if they give it a chance now they would see the big difference because Microsoft have been investing quite heavily um, so, sorry on you go no on I was going to say so when you say how it was first off compared to now and people expected something different what did they get when Dynamics Marketing went live first off? Was it the, what you see, what you get, HTML editor, or was it nothing like that at all? The worst. It was really, really bad. Come on. It, it did. One of the reasons why I waited so long before I started, because I, I tried the old Dynamics Marketing module, which was horrendous. Mm -hmm. And when this first came out, I had a look at it and I went, nope, not touching that now. It is not good enough. Yeah, and I think it was easier for us because at least we have more technical background. So for us seeing yeah. an error on screen is not ideal, but it's, oh, that's an error, I'll fix it. Sometimes yeah. for marketing for marketing people, when they see an error on screen, especially if it's not very, very descriptive, they go like, oh, well, pff, what have I done? Have I broken everything? So I think that's where people got a bit, mm, I'm not sure about that. Um, so what we have seen recently is much, much better uh, error, error messages. So at least now they tell you what has gone wrong. So uh, can I just ask a question? Yeah. So what all I've heard you say for the last minute or two is the error handling is really good. Is that yeah. because is that because there's lots of errors you're getting from it? It's not that much errors, but for example, an area where you would get quite a significant amount of errors was around the dynamic content and I you feel that, that you wouldn't get that in click dimensions though but get, nope <laughs> oh, it just George. wouldn't work <laughs> <laughs> that's because you probably haven't read my millions of blogs that I have written on how to create proper and correct dynamic content Malin right, I have read all your blogs so, yeah, so I was the same, Mark, like you're just talking about the errors of it. Is that just because that was your experience and you're trying to highlight how poor it was in the first instance compared to now when, yeah, there's still errors, but the errors m mean something more now because of the, the work that's been put into that, the error message is actually more 
related to something rather than saying error, seek and the dynamics community. To be honest, with things like dynamic content, I don't really want to say that you would expect to see errors, but there are so many different things that need to be validated. So let's call it feedback. You expect that feedback from the validation tool before it gets sent to a customer and they see something very random because you didn't, you haven't seen an error, but it also didn't tell you it was wrong. So dynamic content uh, validation has improved massively in the okay. email designer. And probably we should stop bashing around validation. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that summarizes <laughs> it quite well there. It's not an error, it's a validation. It's, it's saying feedback, this part yeah. isn't valid because of this reason. And that's the point of it. I think that's a good that's a good way to summarize that, definitely. Another point that's good, we have the HTML editor, which is the lift and shift. So if you're moving from somewhere else, you can just take your markup with you, you paste it, and then that's that's that done. What uh, about um, what about pasting images into it? Does that work directly? We have a digital asset management where you store them, but you can't paste them as such. Not you can't just yeah, you can't just paste them. You so you need to upload them to the new asset library and then copy the HTML and, and repoint the images to the right place? Well, yeah, well, it depends how you do. Yeah, so that's if you're designing it, if you're doing it with the markup and you have your images stored externally, then it would work with copy paste because it will just point to your to the location yeah. where your image is. And AI, so last one before you tell me I've spoken for 25 minutes. AI, love AI. My favorite AI feature around the email designer is the spam score. Um, so what that does is it gives you a number between zero and a hundred. The lower, the lower, the better. The higher it is, the more likely is your email to be a uh, flag the spam. So that's a very small handy feature as well, though. Is that a new feature? That's not a new feature, but that reminds me of another new feature I can tell you about. Well, you've got 30 <laughs> seconds to give us this feature. Right, okay. Well, in 2020, wave one, uh, now we can have the, um, oh, I can't remember what you call them. What do you call right, that? Right, time out then, done, uh, done. Okay, so Emma. Email the preview. So Emma. Yeah. Building, building an email. Um, how was your sleep? Did you get like nine hours there? <laughs> it was actually not bad, made a full cup of tea and everything, doing grand over here. Um, so email marketing has been click dimensions bread and butter since day one. We've been doing this for 10 years now and we know what we're at. We actually have three different kinds of email editors. So we go from very basic drag and drop to literally anybody can use this tool all the way up to an HTML editor, which is very similar to what Didi just mentioned, you know, copy, paste and bam, there's your email, you're good to go. But we do also have a middle ground too, which is actually super cool for somebody who's just learning how to code. So front end is like a WYSIWYG. I compare it very much to like a word editor, drag, drop, type your stuff, all that kind of stuff. Click of a button and there's your code on the back end. So if you have somebody that's more senior and needs to modify that code, you have that access. Uh, the drag and drop editor is probably where I'll focus a lot of my feature experience because it tends to be our most popular editor of all. It does have multiple content blocks that you literally just drag and drop onto the page and it, it displays immediately. Uh, so images, text, uh, social sharing, line spacers. We now have video as well, which is a really cool new addition. Um, and also just the ability to be able to modify those sections as well with a click of the button. Like we can set it to be like a one, two, three, four column layout, being able to duplicate blocks as well. 
Uh, one of the things that I found very helpful for the events I have been marketing recently is the corporate styles option. So I load in whatever colors the event I'm marketing has, and then I start up a template and those colors, font styles, typography, everything's already loaded for me and ready to go. So it means that creating emails when I get a text from Mark at 5 p.m. the evening saying, you need to send this email today, <laughs> I can just load up an email template, everything's go, and I just paste in my content, pop in an image, and two minutes later, we've got an email out to our 1100 attendees that we had which was great <laughs> just throwing that in there I was there. going to put a bit more of a positive spin on that rather than you dissing us for asking you to do something <laughs> such uh, bizarre times but yeah to be fair you did do it for us and, and it, yeah apologies but thanks it was like 5 p.m. It was usually like 3 a.m., was it not? I know, it was, it was. I mean, yeah, I, I think uh, I learned a lot of things that I'm going to take to the next couple of events that I'm going to be uh, marketing for, so that's pretty cool. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about dynamic content because that is my area of expertise at Click Dimensions. I'm an SME in free marker content, and so we've actually made some significant strides as well. Originally, you could just pull content from the contact lead account or email send or owner fields using our tool, but our tool is actually now improved to be able to add conditional logic in with a click of the button and no longer need to actually write out that code as well. Other ways we also uh, excel when it comes to dynamic content is the fact that because we're built on the CDS and you can use Power Automate with us, you can now actually create connections to the email send record and use FreeMarker to pull in data from literally any single record in Dynamics, which is incredibly powerful. So now you can use Click Dimensions to send out emails with line items from an opportunity or more recently, what I tend to do is I'll send an email with a link with a list of all events that you are currently registered for and details for all of those events as well, which is really, really cool. Um, things that we have updated recently is the library that Dynamics for Marketing also has is we also have a, a library too, but we've now updated it so that it's no, no longer accessible just within the image within the email template, you can actually now access it within Dynamics itself as well. So if you have somebody that manages content, they don't have to open an editor anymore and go in and modify the images. They can just access that straight from Dynamics, which is really, really cool. Um, other things that I like about the editor, we do have Spam Assassin. We've had Spam Assassin since forever. So, you know, again, AI functionality you kind of get a score between one and I think it's like 20 or something. But the cool thing is it actually tells you why it's giving you that score. So it's like, hey, you've got too much text to image ratio. We're going to score you like a two. Um, you can then go, hey, okay, cool. I need to modify this. Another thing that I really like as well is the ability to preview your dynamic content. So what you can do is you can load up your preview, say, I want to know what this email looks like if I send it to Mark. Pop in Mark's name and it will actually display exactly as though Mark is going to get that email. So back in my day. That's quite new, isn't it? Yep. Yep, yeah. brand new. Thank Back you. in my day, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I tell you now, it's great. Back in my day, I used to have to like make a separate marketing list of people that I want to test against and send a test email before I would see the dynamic content. But now, bam, like that, I can see exactly what's going to display. So a couple of really, really cool things that I really enjoy about our editors. And, and you also have the uh, how does this email look in the different kind of mm -hmm. um, email um, devices. Uh, yes, we are integrated with email on Acid as well. So you do get a set number of inbox previews. So you can run your email and see exactly what your email will look like, look like on over 50 different email clients. So yeah. pretty that, neat. That's always, that's always a great one because it just mm -hmm. shows, okay, with this old um, Gmail, how does it look with the new yeah. um, Outlook? How does it look? It, it, and it works. Yep, 
And I know we've said some things that, you know, marketing for dynamics could do better. So in my opinion, one of the things that we could do better is maybe um, allowing the emails to be a little bit more mobile friendly. So designing for mobile first would be a really great addition. Uh, our, our, our developer team are currently working on a really super secret awesome project right now, so they're not able to take a lot of feedback. But once that project is over, which we're expecting it to be done pretty soon, I'm really uh, optimistic that we're going to focus heavily on more mobile friendly features. So does both ClickD and Dynamics Market have split A-B testing as well? We do, yes. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's also a new feature in Dynamics Marketing, mm -hmm. A-B testing. So it was yep. lacking for a long time. They came this fall, didn't it? Did it? it? Yeah, it's not been there since day one. It, so it didn't come today. It was the one before. So the last update last year. Uh, well, again, I'm still yet to see a marketing person actually using it, but <laughs> people always ask about it. So yes. Well, I have heavy marketing marketers. Yeah. That said, yeah. People always ask about it, but they never seem to use it. Um, I have a really pro prolific client based out of Ireland that actually uses it really well and they tend to test it against multiple different things. So they did a campaign last time I worked with them where they would test against uh, the different types of images and different types of colors in their images and see which colors actually resonated better with people, which is freaking awesome. I think it's really neat. Yeah, it is quite good. So event management this Hold is going on, to be before we move on to event management i have a slight curveball question we spoke about spam scoring what about whitelisting and blacklisting of emails not necessarily email yep. building but the email addresses um i know what click d can do with it with a whitelist blacklist and it's got all that and it'll give you that in the report mm -hmm. i believe you want to talk a little bit about that emma and the same dd i don't know what the offer on dynamics that, marketing is around that i don't know does that come under subscription center Kind of not really. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know where it really fits, hence why I'm asking to hear more in the email building stage, because yeah. I don't know quite where it fits and what we've got set out. Sure. So from a whitelist, blacklist perspective, I do want to point out we do actually have a dedicated deliverability team, which are amazing. They basically monitor all of the major um, blacklist IPs and make sure that our IPs don't show up on those. So that's really cool. I mean, we are a bulk email service, so occasionally our IPs address will show up on those uh, on those lists and our team work really hard to get them delisted ASAP. But we also have a three strike policy. So if we have the same customer constantly getting us blacklisted, they will have to deal with the wrath of our delivery team and I tell you now they are scary I don't want to have to deal with them so we take that stuff very very seriously we do also give you a full report of who's been um, who's had a hard bounce right so their email address was invalid or a DNS failure etc but we also manage soft bounces too so we will not email somebody that has had three soft bounces in a rolling 90-day period but we also do allow you to um, unlist those people to yourself so if you have somebody that appears on a list turns out their mailbox was just full they were on vacation for three months or you know, in quarantine for three months, whatever, um, you do have the ability to uh, take them off that list too, which is really cool. Sure. Oh, we do also have a really neat integration with Data8. Shout out to Data8. So they actually will do some validation on the front end for us too. So that's another thing we do have. Yes, they've got a whole different product for that as well, but that's something else we'll talk about at a later point, maybe in another podcast. But Didi, what about Dynamics Marketing? Yeah, so I think it's kind of similar. So far, Microsoft is handling most of those things for you so if you're doing things right you usually don't have to 
to deal with any of it. Sometimes if, for example, uh, and we have never had a customer doing it, I have only seen documentation about it, but they say that if you, for example, you don't warm up your campaign and you just send a massive blast to loads of people in one go, then the Microsoft, because that would affect your rating because it might be perceived as spam, then the Microsoft team would get in touch and would give you best practice and advice how not to do that. But uh, we've never had anybody who has got that um, yeah. yet. Soft bounces, we have kind of similar rules, so it's not three strikes for us, but it's if you, it's not even soft bounce, sorry, if you got a hard bounce, then Dynamics Marketing will not even attempt to send an email to that email address for, I think it's three months. It might be six, but I think it's three. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it falls under this, but you also get the chance to authenticate your domain. So if you do that, then that means that that just helps your score. Um, yeah, so add yeah, the MX record and stuff like that so you can register the domain. Yeah. Once you authenticate it, you normally don't have to do much more because it just handled for you. Yeah, cool. So it's got an offer that handles it in the same, in a similar sort of L because the hard and soft bounces different reports and different criteria around it. Cool, that's fine. One, one thing that's on the roadmap and it's not in at the moment is, so for example, somebody, and no offence to people in Russia, um, <laughs> somebody was asking if they wanted um, to... Um, not send anything to people in Russia, let's say, or because from Insight's point of view, you can see if your website was visited from people across the world and you want to take people in Russia and Russian IP addresses out of those stats. At the moment, you can do that yourself, but you can contact Microsoft and they can say they can exclude IP addresses in different countries for you, and they were saying it's in the roadmap. So doing some geo-walking and stuff like that. On yeah, it. to be self-service so that you can do it yourself. But at the moment, you can't do it yourself. You have to talk to them. Or build okay. really smart segments that exclude that country. Yeah, but then that's still not going to help. It's, they're still going to show up in what people from Russia visited your website, which is the bit that you that they specifically wanted to exclude. So it's just meeting the requirements of the customer then, yeah, but you're right, Mark, if you were doing it as a campaign going out, that was one way to do it rather than logging the data. But anyway, yeah. sideline conversation really again, isn't it? So bonus points on that round, go to. Nah, we're not giving points, we're not scoring anything. <laughs> yeah, so, we're not doing but, any but it's, spam scoring. It's quite scoring a big difference in how you do it because you are more allowed to do uh, things for yourself with click dimensions yeah, and it is handled for you with Microsoft. So that that's, that's a valid phase. point, yeah. So would you say if you're more an advanced marketer, there's more options within click dimension that customize it yourself? Uh, no, it, it depends. It depends, as it always does. <laughs> one of those answers. Bearing in mind, regardless what answer you give, you're not going to get a pair of click dimension socks because there's none left, apparently. If you say nice things about us, I can probably sort you out a pair of socks. Oh. I don't want some that have been washed, right? I don't want you to be going to the market and washing them. No, somebody, who offered, was it, somebody actually offered me a pair of worn socks. <laughs> I need to be market for that. I was going to say, I'm sure there's an online market for that, right? I'm sure we can find you a marketing list. Please cut this out of the podcast. <laughs> 
So one of the things I looked at when I started um, playing about is, um, where am I going with this? Yeah, we, when we started off the Scottish Summit, we had a look at what platforms within marketing would be best to run the marketing side of the event and yep. manage the ticketing and back and forward. So that's a huge, huge area f- that people I don't always think look at a marketing product for. Mm-hmm. Event management for me is a huge thing. So Emma, do you want to go first on Click D and event management and how Absolutely. well it worked for Scottish Summit? Yeah, so event management has kind of become my my area. It's what I do now. So I, I, obviously we use Click Dimensions to market Scottish Summit and also manage a lot of the logistics as well, which is pretty cool. So the cool thing about Click Dimensions is that we integrate with multiple different event management platforms, such as Eventbrite and GoToWebinar and Cvent, if you use Cvent. So it will automatically bring in all of your events for you. So we did that with Scottish Summit. We tied it into Eventbrite and it brought in all of our registrations for us. From there, we were able to use campaign automation to issue out reminder emails and just kind of run a couple of social campaigns and also teach people about the different events that were coming up pre-Scottish Summit, which was really neat. Um, And so we were able to use Click Dimensions for a full range of logistical management too. So we also used it to create forms to manage our speakers. So we were able to import all of our speakers from Sessionize using the Click Dimensions import tool, create them all in Dynamics, and then start to send out our speakers some emails asking them to fill out forms so that we could then keep an eye on what shirt sizes they needed, uh, if they needed a hotel for that night. And we also had a full dashboard that also showed you all of the stats in real time too. So from a event management perspective, I think Click Dimensions is extremely flexible in that you can either not use an event management tool itself, you can create it yourself, which is what I've done in the past, or you can use one of the built-in connectors itself. So I am a big fan of using it for that perspective. But in my opinion, I think marketing for Dynamics might have different a different kind of set of criteria if you're going to be doing events. I definitely want to hear Didi's opinion on that too. Yeah, are, they are, for me, as like a high level, they are almost two separate products. I would agree, yep. So... Now, Diana's probably going to talk about this, but for me, Click Dimensions is about assisting with the event, whereas Dynamics Marketing is more about running the event, everything from signing up on portals with integration right the way through. But I've just stolen half of Diana's spiel, so I'll let her talk about it. Yeah, <clears throat> well, there are many good things to be said about Dynamics 365. Uh, marketing event management and especially so again today yeah so today there are more good things to to be said about it purely because that was one of the big focuses um in wave one 2020 um it wasn't as flexible but again that's one of the areas uh, as well with the email designer that have seen a lot of improvement. Probably the biggest one is, so now to register for an event, what you can do is you can sign up with a marketing form before it used to be a set portal where you get a few out of the box fields uh, and then that was it. But now they have extended the API. So when you, you, when you get people to register, um, the form that they use to register is a marketing form. So you can drag and drop that. You can add as many fields as you want, and that's flexible. So I think this was quite a big change that came about 
um, in this release. And yeah, so I think from logistics point of view, <laughs> it does handle guest management, it has speaker management, sponsors, you can add pictures to those as well. And all you do is you configure it within the application and then it propagates to your portal. So that gets designed for you. So you don't need any coding experience, which I think from a marketing person is quite important. A, another strong point I feel is the templates. So you, what you can do is you can configure your event once and you save the template and then you can use that for your future events. And that kind of ties in, ties in nicely to recurring events because what you can do is you can set up a recurring event and then it creates an instance of that event whenever, whenever the next instance is. Um, we have some room room management as well, where you get a nice calendar view of what rooms your event is happening in. And we have a nice calendar view of the agendas, a, a session and agenda as well. So from organizing the event point of view, I think that's quite important. From, yeah, we have some um, cool things around passes as well. So from a dynamic marketing point of view, we have two different flavors of events. We have an event where you define a pass. So then you guide uh, your guests what session tracks you want them to go on, or you can get them to cherry pack. So that what they get is a session card and then they can pick what sessions they want to go on. Um, so that's pretty handy, probably as from what Emma was saying, probably webinars is where click dimensions might have a bit more hook points because it's at the moment out of the box marketing only has an integration with one webinar provider, ON24. That was definitely one of the things I wanted to ask you was because Click Dimensions very much is of the opinion that we're not going to reinvent the wheel. There are so many event tools out there that are already excellent. We may as well just integrate with them. So we integrate with like GoToWebinar and Eventbrite, of course. Are there any plans for marketing for Dynamics to um, integrate with more popular webinar-based platforms? So I don't want to speak for them. I don't think they were to start. So that's my opinion, but I don't think they were to start with. But I think because people have been asking quite a bit for different webinar providers, so I think it might be coming. But I don't think it was the immediate plan to start with. But other people, gotcha. so you, you can you can do it even now. You can have some customizations and integrate right. with it. So it's not impossible. It's just not out of the box. I guess I, another question that I have is that um, I feel like if you are a heavy event management company, why would you opt to go for Marketing for Dynamics over a platform that's already very much an event management tool? So, for example, a customer if you're just not English, for example, because Bright <laughs> doesn't do Norwegian. So, for an Norwegian customer, it wouldn't be a possibility to use Eventbrite. But is and it fair to say that a lot of y'all in Norway, Norway speak pretty good English? Yeah, we do, but we still want our content to be out in a region. Fair. Yeah. Very fair. So, yeah. You should know this yourself, Emma. It doesn't matter where you are. You still want to be proud of your nation and where you're from. Absolutely. You don't want to have anything <laughs> like. So Absolutely. You have but a yeah, national I... language. We have a national language. I mean, me and Mark are ridiculous. We don't speak our national language. <laughs> well, we speak, speak English, English, right? Yeah, nobody I understands speak some it. Irish. I've, I've got some Gaelga. There you go. So, like, I can I can say some abusive words and 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 kind of Gaelic as well, right? But probably not podcast. Well, 
the album. I don't even know yeah. what it would mean. That's the highlight of it. Ah, oh, yeah, good man. <laughs> ah, poke my horn. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely of the opinion that I think Marketing for Dynamics has a really strong uh, event management cap- capability tool, but particularly more so for in-person events for like these larger conferences, etc. From a Click Dimensions perspective, we're very much a small to medium business enterprise platform. You know, we're not targeting these larger customers that are doing these huge events. We're targeting, you know, people that have small to medium sized businesses that are running webinars. That tends to be the most common client that I deal with is people that run a lot of webinars or mi- minor trade shows or anything like that so um i do want to ask obviously i've got i've got some experience with event marketing or event management marketing and i've done that with a couple of different clients now um do you have any examples of clients that you've worked with uh, maybe even just like from an industry perspective uh, that have used this event management capability tool because i think it's cool i just haven't seen anybody use it yet i've actually worked as an event uh, management and Eight years ago, we created our own event management system based on EpiServer because there weren't any good ones uh, in the Dynamic Sphere because we had Dynamic CRM, as it actually was called back then in 2011. Um, and uh, we built it ourselves. And I see a lot of the features that we built out are now in Dynamics Marketing where you could say, okay, what kind of speakers do you have? What rooms do you have? The equipment and just the entire layout of um, of the conference. So in my opinion, that is one of the, the best features and one of the best reasons to go to Dynamics. Mm-hmm. If you have, so we've, yeah. We've demoed it and customers like it. I mean, the feedback from the customers is really good and it's, it's very positive, but we've not had anyone pull the trigger on it yet, have we? Well, no, but so what's really exciting, and it's probably going to be decided within the next few weeks, this week or next week, there is a big customer that is talking to us just now, and at the moment they're using um, a completely custom event management solution, so it's something they have built, and they don't like it, it's difficult to use, so we had a 10-day discovery phase workshop where we mapped how what they have now could translate into out-of-the-box marketing and it was so encouraging to see how many parallels there were so I think if that goes ahead I'll definitely give you a shout because it's going to be really exciting to map existing event management custom event management to out-of-the-box dynamics marketing and they specifically were thinking in about integrating with event tribe I want to see some sorry Oh, no, go ahead. So I'm listening. Oh, that's yeah. me. Never mind. My connection's going funny. So we did advise them not to integrate with Event Tribe because that just they have a finance system as it is. So it will just make more difficult the passing of financial information for back and forth. So we want all of the information to come from one place. So that's one of the things that I find quite cool is you can actually integrate with payment vendors for the events. So the portal for me is like the coolest part of it. So you can have a portal that has registrations that you can look at your schedule, you can sign in, you can opt in, opt out of stuff. But that's that is the thing I like. Yeah, and we're what we're going to do if we go ahead with them is we're going depending on who you are and what role you log in with, you're going to see different events and the passes you see are going to have different prices associated with them. So I think that's going to push marketing to its limit, but it's going to be so exciting. So does that work with Power Apps portals? So, um, 
<laughs> I don't I don't know how to answer that one without getting myself in trouble. Um, that, that's why I'm shutting well, up, Mark. That's I'm why sorry. I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe one to keep an eye out on the roadmap for. Gotcha, That's probably, gotcha. the, probably the best way to answer that one, I think, without getting in trouble. Yep. I think the one point that I didn't speak about earlier is security. Um, because so from dynamic marketing point of view, what you can do is when you get people to register, and I think that's a nice introduction to your next question, which might be about might be to do with licensing. Um but dynamics marketing is based on the marketing contacts that you engage in marketing activities. So what you can do from a security point of view is you can add a capture to um, your form where you get people to register for your event because what you don't want to do is you don't want somebody to write a script and register loads of contacts and use all of your marketing quota for that. So from a security point of view, we have that as well. Cool. So that will lead us on to not licensing because you're trying to steal the podcast and steal our thunder. That is going to lead us on to subscription management. That's oh. quite a, a big thing when we're talking GDPR, we're talking opt-in, opt-out, contact details. So yep. Emma, do you yes. want to go first? Yeah, subscription management is such a hefty topic in general. So um, one of the things I actually am very proud to click to mention for is the fact that we do have that full deliverability team and that privacy and security team. And so when GDPR rolled around, we actually built out a full solution to manage GDPR, which was freaking awesome. I was really proud of them. So we actually have two different methods of uh, subscription management because we have such a large global client base. We have obviously a huge presence in the US and our EMEA presence is huge and also growing. So for the clients in Europe, I generally recommend what's called the opt-in method. And the opt-in method is basically what it says. It's going to be, unless you have given us explicit permission to sign, to receive these emails from us on this very specific topic, we will not send you an email unless it's a transactional email and you designate your email as transactional. That functionality alone actually changed the ballgame for a lot of my clients. Being able to send transactional emails was huge. While we are primarily a marketing company at heart, of course, oh lord, um, we're... <laughs> <laughs> when Ian turns himself into a potato, I'm not able to take myself seriously anymore. Um, so we, no idea, Ian. Uh, so when when you have that opt-in capability, it means that you are very much going to be abiding by those GDPR laws by maintaining a list of who has opted in, what they've opted in for, how they opted in, when they opted in, etc. So it maintains that massive list that you might get audited for by the GDPR gods. The other side of it is our US counterparts who, as we all know, are pretty email happy. They don't really care about your rights. We're just going to send you an email whether you like it or not. Uh, that's actually, that's sounded a bit extreme, but it's not far from the truth. The only time we will not send you an email on the opt-out method is unless you have given us explicit to, explicit authorization to not send you an email. So for our US counterparts, that's really nice. From a functionality perspective, it's pretty cool because we do allow you to either build out this full subscription model center, which allows your clientele to either opt in or opt out of certain topics. And of course, we then tie that into campaign automation, which allows you to manage all of your marketing lists as well, because we all know the key to marketing is a clean marketing list and ensuring that the people who get your emails actually want your emails and don't unsubscribe, which is an awful nightmare altogether. 
So we also have obviously full global unsubscribe management too. So if you are just like, I'm done with these emails, I just want to globally unsubscribe, you've got that one click option as well. So subscription management is very much at the core of what we do. It's very, very important to us as a company. We value our sender reputation more than anything because without our sender reputation, our clients suffer and of course, therefore our business suffers. So we take subscription management extremely seriously. So I... I had a scenario come up about subscription management the other day, and it was the whole, can somebody opt out of everything from one form? So on subscription management, does it say opt out from this email or opt out from all? Correct. You can have both. Okay. It's a choice to have both, isn't it? Say again? It's a choice to have both, or do you automatically show both? It's a choice. And the reason we do that is because on the US side, if you want to maintain a list, let's say somebody globally opts out and you still want to maintain the ability to send transactional emails, it's important that you implement subscription management and maintain a marketing list that people cannot unsubscribe for and just use that for your transactional emails. Cool. So, Deliana, can you do that same opting out for single email or global email within Dynamics Marketing? I I think the only thing that confuses me in the way you phrase the question is opt-in for a single email because that scenario doesn't. Right, so if I have signed up to a marketing list to receive emails about St. Johnson Football Club. Yeah, I think that's a better way to phrase the question. So if I sign up to St. Johnston, but I then get emails for the Scottish Football League and every team in it, can I unsubscribe from every other team or all emails at once? Yes, so you have, if the system is built properly, yes, because what what's best practice on subscription centers is first you should always get people to sign up or opt in to any communication that you're going to send them themselves. So to do that, we put a marketing form on the form which um, can have different marketing lists for all of your different interests. So this could be St. Johnson's Club or whatever different clubs you want to hear more about. So that's them giving consent. At this point, marketing also gives you the option to give consent. <laughs> Ian has changed again. You can, they can give five different levels of consent and it's up to the business to decide how they want to use those five and what each one of the five means. But you can have different levels of consent. Um, at this point, you have given consent. Then the next step from a Dynamics Marketing point of view is every email you send them needs to have an unsubscribe link uh, because that's a just GDPR requirement uh, to comply with. When they click that link, then you have the option to decide what you want them to see. Best practice is always, so you always need to have, don't email me ever again, flag uh, as a legal requirement. So this answers your question, can they unsubscribe from everything so that you never can speak to them ever again? Yes, but what you can also do is you can add a checkbox or a radio button for all of the marketing lists they are subscribed to. So that gives them the option to decide what do they want to hear more about and what they don't want to hear anything about. We can also add different fields on that subscription center which are pre-populated with the details we have about them. So that could be postcode, address, date of birth, just to make sure that those details haven't changed. Um, So that's how we keep details up to date as well. 
Um, I think the question that came on Twitter the other day was to do with GDPR and transactional versus marketing emails. So that's something we can do as well because um, this is respected more mainly for marketing emails um, transactional emails are kind of different and managed by a different flag in the system. And probably the last thing to mention, because it's something new that came about today, again, as part of WAVE, uh, WAVE 1 2020, is the GDPR consent tracking. So yeah, now you get a neat out of the box mechanism to see how, how they changed consent and track that and audit that. That's cool. It's, it is a big thing, especially with some of the customers that we are speaking to. It's about the right people opting into the right emails and having the ability to, to get out of them with one click rather than having to do it for every single one. Yeah, and yeah, and it's definitely good. What we have seen to be quite good is how you can integrate that as part of a customer journey as well. So you can only send people with a specific consent level um, on different customer journeys or send them on a customer journey based on their consent level. Yes, yeah, so, so consent management as well then, which is cool. That's a good thing. I mean, I guess it's also important that it's an easy pro process for the end user at the same time. You know, that's one of the GDPR requirements is that you don't yeah. have to jump through 20 hundred hoops just to unsubscribe from a particular topic. So, yeah, um, I do definitely enjoy the fact that we've got that option with Click Dimensions too. Yeah, but it's, it's also important to have both options so that if you only have customers in the US, then you don't have to worry about GDPR and you can just take the easy way. Unless they're in California. Ah. That's a whole other ballgame, of course, because California. And then Germany as well. There's so many places that have their own different GDPR. Like Germany and Spain have got their own ones as well that flings yes. a whole different kettle of fish, like the, the German Generally, one. If, as long as you're kind of doing permissions-based marketing, which is what Click Dimensions is basically, you know, founded on, we don't allow you to use personal pur purchase lists, or we don't allow you to do any of that kind of stuff either. So, um, as long as you're using permissions-based marketing, you're pretty much covered. And I mean, if you follow GDPR law, you're pretty much, you know, that's the pinnacle. That's going to be the ultimate in restrictive privacy policy requirements. So, I think once you follow GDPR requirements, you should be good regardless. Cool. So yep. we. We did say five questions, but we're actually going to add a little bonus one in here. Bonus question. Bonus round for double points. So, a, a are you skipping costs, licensing? No, no, we're going to come. We're going to leave licensing until the very, very end. Why, why would you do that? Because it's that's the juicy topic. topic. It's the so, juicy topic. It's the one we're going to keep hanging out there for people. Exactly. Everyone wants to know about the licensing and the cost, so you leave that to the end so everyone has to listen to the whole podcast. Mm -hmm. So the bonus question is about kind of analysis and the analytics behind email sends, bounces, because there's a lot of different things using AI or using reports, dashboards, Power BI. Um, Deliana, what's... Um, What's the reporting behind bounced emails and sends and what's been opened? What's well, been clicked, what's not I'm, been very, I'm very glad you asked because that's something people have been asking for ages and there was something that was difficult to do and after today it's not difficult to do anymore. Um, so 
people seem so until to read... today what did people get people like their excel files and i don't still i don't really know people why like excel files yeah i don't know using why using dynamics but... market and crm people like <laughs> Excel files. Yeah, but you still work with people. Your customers are going to be people, and inevitably. Well, just let that sit for a minute. Just let that sit and land, because <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Also, I'm not saying I like it or not. I'm just saying we have to work with it because our customers are people. So, yeah. Okay. So, from what you can see in CRM point of view, that he's always been quite good. You could always see analytics and insights based on anything and everything. So you can see analytics from a customer point of view. You could all, you have the timeline of what has happened. You can see analytics and reporting from event point of view, customer journey point of view, from anything basically. What was the struggle previously was exporting this to an Excel, probably because Microsoft was the same year and they didn't think people would really need that. Um, but people did need that. There was a lot of conversation around it. So what they introduced today was that functionality to export all of your insights um, to Excel and CSV. So that's something that's coming. And well, I, have a, I have a beam my bonnet about that. That should be user adoption. We should be moving away from Excel for data because as soon as you export that is no longer valid. I think that's it should a snap be time of data. That's I not a report in any to way. To do whatsoever. a lot with sharing with other people. Um, Power BI. So are they doing that to get around licenses then? So they don't have to license people to look at that data? No, because people are used to working in Excel and they know Excel and they love Excel. Yeah, but Excel... <laughs> do, and I don't disagree with that Excel. comment. They do, but this is the biggest thing. That, from a... but, but if you have your 50 biggest clients asking about, can I please do Excel yeah. exporting, then you say... Yes, dear customer, of course you can do that. Yeah. And you it's just fix demand. it. I yeah. would agree. You I have mean, to it's give a it, right? I, I agree. The same in ClickD, you can do the export and you can export that data and get it into an Excel file. But it, it's just a bugbear of mine. One of the things that I try and do with a user adoption piece of anything in CRM is get people off of Excel because it's not valid current data. It's valid at the point you take it out. Ten seconds later, that's no longer the valid information because there's been a change. And, it's, and I think Microsoft really tried really hard to not have to do that functionality yeah. because at first you could only see it in um, in dynamics marketing. People were a bit unhappy. Then they added a, a link to a hook point to Power BI. And at first it was unsupported because they wanted to encourage people to do it within marketing. With the next release, it got supported. Um, and, and then as Marlon said, so yeah, as Marlon says that. in that one, they have to give what people want at the end of the day when it's such a big product. That's, if that's a showstopper for them, then it has to be delivered right. I think and we have it. to be mindful of the people using it because I think marketing mm -hmm. people are a bit more creative and that's that's they should be yes. because they need to have that creative spark about them. So if they want to use Excel, who are we to tell them not to? Yeah, I, would, I would still argue the other way. If they're creative, it means they're using IT platforms all the time. They should be technically savvy. So why are you taking it out into 1978 Excel to play about with your data? Why don't you learn the A numeracy proper? package. Yes. It's A numeracy like, package. Honestly, I mean, Power BI is there. Utilize Power BI. I mean, it, all the data sits within the common data service. It's to all be there. fair, we're, we're dissing on this at the moment, but uh, we don't really know what ClickD does. And I know that ClickD, you can still export to Excel. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it's still there, right? Core... So the, the argument's valid for both to yeah, some extent I mean, what we're talking about. It's a core functionality of Dynamics, customer engagement, CRM, whatever it's called now. It's always been, <laughs> always been able to export to Excel. So why would we not let you export to Excel? It makes sense. Um, so do I get to say my spiel? Do I? Very excited Sorry, Didi. I just was trying to say that we don't want to diss on this product too much because the same thing is valid for the whole suite. <laughs> as How Emma is it a diss, right? though, when it's additional functionality? That I mean, you don't have to do it in Excel, but if you do do it in Excel, here you go. You might as well. Like, why would we force them to do something <laughs> they don't want to do, you know? Yeah, true. Um, Sorry. So, Didi, back to yourself and you can finish up before we come back to Emma. Oh, no, okay. I think it's fine. Emma can go ahead. I think. You done? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, wait, just... I didn't hear anything, and I might have been sleeping at that point, about like email bounces and opens and closes. How easy is that to report yeah, on, like per campaign or per journey and things like that? Especially if you're happy with just looking at that information on screen, it's super easy because you have an insights form or tab against every marketing thing. You get it for contacts, you get it for customer journey, you get it from the perspective of a particular email which is what campaigns it has been on uh, you get a delivery deliverability rate which is all of your bounces soft bounces hard bounces so you get all sorts of um, reports and numbers and stats awesome right emma y'all ready for this i don't know yep. if you're ready for this all right do, do, so do. What is the point of a marketing platform if it doesn't have decent analytics, right? Like, it's not the whole point of marketing is to figure out what your analytics and how your 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 audience are engaging with your platform, okay? So from a click dimensions perspective, we definitely have all of that and so much more that I'm very excited to actually get a chance to talk about today. Uh, of course, we have the buy bulk email statistics, your open rates, your unique open rates, your click-throughs, et cetera, all that good stuff. By the way, fun fact, our uh, interaction rate for the Scottish Summit was actually at 42% when the industry average is only 18%, just saying, just saying. Could it be click dimensions? Could it have been the marketer? Who knows? But both combined, clearly a great combination. Could it have uh, been so, the content? Could it have been the people who are giving you the information <laughs> to put in the emails? But that too. But also, if you look at the fact that our audience actually wanted this information, it obviously increased their interaction rate. So therefore, you know, it goes to speak to you. You should only really send your content to people that actually want your content. Right? You listen to me, Wayfair, stop sending me 30 emails a damn day. I don't want any more cat beds. I'm good. <laughs> Um, well, so, Emma, yeah. you don't want to be that cat lady, right? I don't. Emma, in six months, you're probably going to need those cat beds. Honestly, very <laughs> likely. The rate I'm going with the number of cats in this apartment, probably. Um, so yeah, you need to have your statistics from a not only just a bulk email perspective, but you also need to have them from a campaign perspective. So you obviously get that data within campaign automation as well. Of course, being on the CDS, as y'all mentioned earlier, does mean that you can push that data to Power BI, which makes everything so much more powerful. Uh, one of the things that Click Dimensions actually has done recently that I'm very, very excited for, and it's about to come into general uh, release, is our intelligent dashboard platform that we acquired. And basically what that means is that you will be able to pull your data into our intelligent dashboard uh, product from multiple different data sources, not just from click dimensions, but from multiple different data sources within Dynamics. I think Salesforce is a connector in there too. There's multiple different places you can pull that data from. And then you can, what is the word? They have like a word for like making it all magic-y and clean and stuff. But they do the thing and they make it all magically and clean and they pop it out to 
I think it's 17 different dashboards that we have now. I'd have to double check our numbers, but there are multiple different KPIs straight out of the box. And the really cool thing about this new platform is that it actually tells you why the data is important. So why is your click rate important or why is your interaction rate important and where does this data actually come from and what can you actually do with it? So not only that will we show you all of that data, but we actually also have the ability to now push that out to Power BI. So if you are also using Power BI, we'll take all that data, we'll make it all magic and pretty and clean, and then you can also export that out to Power BI for later analytics. So I think from the analytics perspective, we pretty much have a good game going. Awesome. I mean, that's one thing that we found really easy. Even myself and Ian could navigate quite quickly through, look at who had who had claimed not to have had sex emails and hadn't opened those sex emails. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that was actually great. really good. Like, no, no, no. I know that you opened the email and you clicked on this part at this time. Oh, oh yeah, it did was get that email. At exactly at this time. It was clicked on at exactly this time. You actually opened it seven times and clicked on the link twenty times. I don't know what you were trying to do, but <laughs> yeah, you still I... didn't fill out the damn form. So what are you at? <laughs> um, yes, yes. So you do get all of that data. It's it's really really um, granular. It's nice. But but as you both say, analytics when it comes to marketing is super important. And you should, no matter what, have um, Power BI mm -hmm. just to make sure you have the best of everything. Um, so be sure to use um, to use those analytics and uh, create good emails or better emails. Yep. Okay, so we move on to the big question: license costs. This so is my favorite. So, I'm going to ask your favorite topic. You are sadistic, Darcy. Well, from a click dimensions perspective, it's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I'm going to ask, and I think I know the answer already. Are are the subscription models similar in any way? No. Very different. Okay. Do you want to go first, then, Emma? Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, <laughs> just a, just a quick shout out. In fact, that we actually. We price our consumption, our pricing model is based on consumption. So the more emails to send, the more we're going to charge you. And there is like a base price that we charge. I don't know what that base price is. I probably should know, but I'm sure it's on the website somewhere. I can probably pull it up. But that's that's great because we're going to only charge you for what you use. So if you're only using like 200,000 emails a year, that's what you're going to get charged for, which is really nice. Uh, one of the cool things that we've actually done as of this last month is we've also given a lot of our clients 25,000 free emails to help with the current pandemic that's going on because email consumption is like a huge thing right now and being able to communicate. So I think that was a pretty awesome thing that we did. 25,000 free emails for all of our clients to get their messaging out there. So yeah, we're based on purely consumption rates. We do not charge based on contacts or there's any additional licenses fees. Obviously, you do need to have a base dynamics license with sales installed in order to use click dimensions because we do rely on a lot of those entities. So yeah, pretty straightforward. The, we do have additional products like social engagement and um, social engagement and of course intelligent dashboards when that does come out into general release and there are some basic additional costs for that too that we also have. But yeah, I can see Ian did pull up our pricing. That looks correct to me based on the, the amount that I know about what we charge. Yeah, so there's yeah, a base the, model. But the base model, then you don't get the um, campaign management and you, you're missing out. So you should always do the the business for $6.99. Yeah, unless you're like a little mom and pop store that for some reason is using Dynamics and you just want to send out a couple emails. Base is probably great, but honestly, you're going to get the most bang for your book with the business model, which is $6.99 a month at the start. Yeah. 
And how many email sends does that get you a month? I want to say 200,000. I think 200,000. I would have to double check. See, usually that's what I have salespeople for. They know all this information. 200,000. Yeah. Yeah. So they know the information so I can focus on the technical and making the magic happen. Okay, so that that is one way in of licensing. So I I think that's the best because at the end of the day you're sending emails. Yes, that that's what you're doing. You're sending emails. Well, that's not Whereas necessarily dynamics. true. Oh, you mean click dimensions? Well, I think yeah. from a marketing so click, point yeah, of view. Well, yeah. So click dimensions. The majority of it is based around email sends, but I think the value add and the reason that there's differences in licensing on dynamics marketing is because of the event management side of things. Not only, yeah, that as well, but also, so I think now Microsoft have partnered with, for example, a company called Infobeb, which do a lot of things around mobile marketing. So this is to do with Viber and text messages. Um, so it's not all about email anymore. So with more channels, I feel at least for market from dynamics marketing point of view, you basically can't just have a licensing model that's based on emails. So can I ask one question before you tell us about the, the marketing costs? Yeah. How much do you get paid every time you mention InfoBip? <laughs> I get paid nothing, but I just like social media and I like things to come to my phone. So I think that's something people should use more often. Are they going to send you a hamper next? Is that what it is? Every time you mention somebody five times, you click your heels and get a hamper. Well, last time I got Prosecco. There is nothing wrong no with carrots. Prosecco. No carrots. Just chocolate. Right. That yeah, was just Emma, me. that's right. She told them she didn't like carrots when they asked what she wanted in the yeah. hamper. I said, I like fresh carrots. I do not like boiled carrots. Oh, that's what you said. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Carrots in a hamper. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> they did not say that. They said it's very carrot-free hamper. I, I, all right, Grant. Yeah. yeah, we're going to send you hamper. Is there anything you don't like? Boiled carrots? <laughs> well, they asked. Yeah. So, marketing and license costs going together. How how does the model work? Yeah, so it's a bit different uh, to click dimensions. The way it works for us, it is licensed based on the marketing contacts you have in your database. This is not to do with how many contacts you have in your database in total. It's the ones that you engage with some sort in some sort of marketing activity. So yeah, you are right, Mark. It could be events, but it can also be people who have gone on a journey. It could be which includes all of your um, custom tiles, which could be text messages or Viber or WhatsApp. Um, or marketing forms or surveys as well. So purely because of all of those channels, I think it's really important to have a model from a dynamics marketing point of view that's not based only on the emails. The way it works is if you have a certain number of full licenses, you get a reduced price, you get your marketing at a reduced price, you can just get marketing on its own. And something new that has come about within the last few months is a different, um, different if you get an extra sandbox environment to want you want to test your marketing dynamics marketing on you can get that at a reduced price as well 
So Does that, that kind of answer the question? So on that, my question would be, I say I've got 100,000 contacts in my CRM system or customer, customer engagement, whatever you want to call it. I don't know how many marketing contacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've so then I have a hundred thousand contacts, but I don't engage with all of them. I yeah. only engage with ten of them on an email, or a hundred of them in a text only. message, or a thousand elsewhere. I get charged. What is that retrospectively? So I don't know how much I'm going to get billed until uh, no, I've done so the marketing. No, so you would pay for. So if you've got ten users, you buy a marketing attached license that gives you up to 50,000 email contacts and it's marketable contacts. So it's people 10, who 10, are basically 10,000 are shafting us now. Okay, you get 10,000 um, okay. and then you can buy additional bottles for for more numbers. And if you go over, they don't they don't cut. Off. So let's say you, you only have 10,000, but you use a bit more. They don't cut you off, but they might be in touch. Yeah, so if I've got so we talk about it differently then. So we talk about in the customer engagement, I've got 100,000 contacts, but in my marketing, I've got 50, I've got 50%, I've got 50,000. So the, the contacts are the same contact record or different contact records in CDS? Well, so when it's the same contact record with a marketing, a marketing quota flag on it. So when you start using your marketing, Dynamics Marketing, you get zero marketing you have used the mm -hmm. zero marketing contacts and as you go through journeys events whatnot marketing forms when you engage with them in different marketing activities only then the same contact in your cds gets marked as a marketing contact and your quota goes down okay okay so you so need I to keep an eye so you need to keep an eye on the quota yeah and if you're so you need to know what your quota is and what's so going you on your home page you need to monitor that so that you know fine well when you're hitting that limit because you can go over the limit as we say they won't cut you off but depending on how much you go over the limit how long you're over the limit for it and various other bits of telemetry Microsoft may be in touch to retrospectively yeah. back charge that etc and because it's important to be objective so another factual thing to consider is you also get so your marketing contacts quota is per year so you can go down um, within that year you can go up but not down and you get 10 times more 10 times your marketing quota emails a month so that's just another thing to consider okay. so i couldn't figure out why that you could only use marketing for dynamics on, on an online instance and i guess that's why they've got to keep track of what contacts you're using i suppose another pro. So so on premise there you go so now that we've gone through both of them very well, very, very eloquently from both of you with good, bad and ugly points, I like that. Malin, if you were a customer or if you had a customer come to you right now and said to you, I'm looking at a marketing solution, what would your questions be to that customer? And should you ask one to each of Deliana and Emma? Oh, I don't think we have time to go through all my questions. That would be a podcast <laughs> of its own. Because the the, the we do marketing volume two next week then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of questions should the the companies ask for, and what would uh, Click and Microsoft answer for them? Good. Next week. <laughs> no, it, because it all depends. Who are yeah. the customer? 
what size are they what are they doing uh, how many marketers do they have what okay, type right. of marketing so, do they do right so if i was the customer i am a half a million employees i've got a marketing team of 100 people and it's just direct emails that i'm sending out it's just marketing emails i would probably go with click dimensions me too yep, yep. <laughs> And if you were a IT company who do webinars and who do events but do a lot of marketing around them? If you do webinars, I would still go with Click because nobody uses the uh, webinar, what's it, 124. It is massively big and expensive and yeah, I, I think three companies use it in the US or something stupid like that. So I would probably still go. But if you don't do any webinars and you do heavy uh, event marketing, then I would do uh, dynamics marketing. I yeah, so if you want to with that too. Yeah, so like so event event sign up and event management yep. with a marketing twist on it, you would go dynamics. dynamics. Yep. I would so so I think that's a perfect way to leave it as a one all draw. How about that? There's no winner, there's no loser. It's just a platform <laughs> for everyone. How about that? I think that's fair enough because that's probably the right way for it, to be fair. It just depends on what yeah. your own requirements are and what you need to look yeah. at. And it's up for you to make your own analysis and see how it best fits your business practice. Yes. So it depends. Yeah. Classic consultant response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought you were Norway, not Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just as a round off, um, if everyone just wants to share their social media where they can find everyone, Deliana, you're only allowed to share the social media, nothing else. You've got a minute. On you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's nice and easy. And my name is quite <laughs> easy to remember. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and my blog. And it's all to do with, so my blog is dilanaradulova.com. And you can use the same to find me on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, just... Instagram. Do you want to spell that out for everyone? Just um, we will put it in the show notes, but just so that everyone can can find it. <laughs> I might need to write it down first. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's D I L Y A N A, and then my surname is R A D U L O V A. That feels like I'm speaking to a customer service. It's all good, Miss um, Darcy. Yeah, so Tattooed CRM Girl on the Twitters. My blog is tattooedcrmgirl.com. I'm on Instagram, but it's just cats and plants. I wouldn't bother unless you're interested in those things. And yeah, LinkedIn, I'm, I think I'm on as Emma Darcy, Emma Butler, one of my seven names. I don't know. You'll find me. I'm around. Seven names? There's a whole story behind that as well. That's like there a, is. There is. That, that's a podcast in itself. I was Hell, just going to say that's a whole different names. podcast, right? <laughs> Has uh, there been seven names? Um, I have actually got three last names. So um, when I when I dated a man in the naval intelligence, it made for very interesting background checks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's yes. a, that's an yeah. online podcast, right? Let's, yes, let's it not record that one. <laughs> and and Marlon, what about yourself? Where are you at? I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, and I have my own blog. And the easiest way to find me is just to search Google Marlin and Dynamics, because there really aren't anybody else. <laughs> unique. Wait a minute, hold, hold on. Google me is basically what you've just said. <laughs> how, how do you find you online? Everyone gives a nice, uh, this is where you find me, 
Google me. Yeah. Yes, but I, I couldn't be bothered to spell my entire name because my blog and LinkedIn is Malin Donoso Martinez and nobody can say spell my name. They can hardly pronounce it. So Malin Dynamics is the easiest way to find me. The first thing that comes up for me is a deli in Newark, Delaware. So that doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of the old you way. Your if XYZ you name, talent. if you Google your first name and the uh, images and the second image that comes up of this type of thing, it's like some crazy <laughs> down with the TikTok kids. <laughs> so maybe if you type in Malin Dynamics HR, does that make it any more? Let's see. I like how this is like live. Let's work out the best way to find Malin online. Damn. First, first results, you're good. It's like Challenge Annika. There's not many people that will be listening that will understand what Challenge Annika is, right? But it's like Challenge Annika. Can we find Malin? Let's see if we can find her on about. Who does it first? It's like, where's Wally or where's Waldo? So I mean, that's with the social separation thing. Where's Waldo is really crap these days, isn't it? So, Emma, could you uh, yep. tell us where to find Malin now then? Yep. Google Malin Dynamics. What do I do? Malin Dynamics H4. There look H- two letters that Americans won't know what I'm saying, right? H or great. HR. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Right. Thank you all very much. I think that's um that has been great. That's Emma's hat trick football for our third podcast, our fourth podcast now. We will send you a, something in the post. No, we won't. Well, we need to give her like some sort of I don't know, credit somewhere on it, like featuring. I mean, yeah. She's probably talked more than the pair of us over the three podcasts <laughs> that we have in every podcast we've done. So she must get producer credits or something now. Yeah, she needs to get something. Anyway, thank you very much for coming along and representing the the marketing tools that we've got out there. And uh, yeah, rightfully so. We didn't come to have one being better than another. Excellent. Thank you thank so you much all for very having us. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.